Coaching can help you gain deeper understanding of challenges that may be holding you back. You may not realize that there are others who may be successful and operating successful businesses who share some of the same challenges that you are facing. Welcome to Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. Our program will look into the individuals and their challenges and show how the coaching process may be what they need to find the root causes of these challenges within themselves and learn to work through these challenges in order to find success. Now, here's your host, Ronald Graves. Hello, welcome to Coaching for Real, brought to you by Poema Leadership Institute, the show that brings you real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. Again, I'm your host, Ronald Graves, and this show is about you. Coaching for Real is on the Voice America Business Channel to help you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness. Today's topic is the humor and hubris and power of social media. In the digital age we live in, most of the information we receive and depend on is filtered to us through social media, even without us knowing it. Newspapers, television, and radio news all deliver information to us that came through social media, which then breaks the news to us through social media. Think about that. Social media is now the weapon of choice for presidents, punks, promoters, pinheads, and political hacks. When you add in the Hollywood social experts, professional athletes, and Fortune 500 companies, social media has created the opportunity for immediate and expensive social blunders that can make or break marriages, and careers. This disorder can also be referred to as DFMD, or digital foot-in-the-mouth disease. Our guest, Jay Izzo, also known as the Internet Doctor, is a nationally recognized expert on the psychology of social media and the expert for the treatment and prevention of DFMD. From colleges to... <laughs> I like that, huh? From colleges to Wall Street, everywhere in between... Jay Izzo works with athletes, coaches, employees, and corporate executives on how to understand the psychology behind social media to best develop personal brand recognition, establish loyal followers, execute goals, and drive positive agendas. Whether it's corporate consulting or patching holes in someone's sinking Twitter boat, Jay is all over the media pointing out the big blunders and the big successes in social media. Tonight, we will also talk about Jay's book, Got Social Mediology, a book that exposes the psychology behind social media and how to use it effectively. So welcome, Jay. Thank you for having me on, Ronald. It's great to great. be with how you. Are, it's great. How are you tonight? You know, I am, I am fantastic, and I good. generally am. I, I, life is good. I tell people all the time, I probably am better than I really truly deserve in all reality, but I am really, really well, and I'm very excited to be with you. And the truth of the matter is, we're just down the street from each other. Is that right? That I, I realize, because you're in Kernersville, and I'm in Raleigh. Okay, so we're, yeah, we are. We're, we're literally just down the road from each other, and yeah. I wish I'd have known this. I was like, you know what, I could have drove up there. We could have done this in studio together. And we could have both been in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, and nobody would have ever known. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we'll have to do a, an encore one of these days and do part two. I would love to uh, do that. We can do That's that together. Great. Anyway, I want to take you back a little ways, Jay. Um, sure. According to your bio, you've been doing this since 1997. Now, okay. can you describe your career prior to that time and tell us how you came to the conclusion that you wanted to enter into the online environment? Sure. 
So, in I was in graduate school till 1992 at Washington State University, and a job came up at North Carolina State University working with the basketball program, and it was an academic coordinator, kind of sports psych teaching position, and I applied for it and ended up getting the job amongst a number of candidates, and I had... As part of my master's thesis and was working on my doctoral, my PhD, I was working on how to enhance the performance of deficient student-athletes because quite commonly the student-athlete has a problem academically, sometimes juggling the schedule and sometimes, quite frankly, uh, the university makes exceptions for some athletes and it's very difficult for them to handle college curricula and be able to do their sport. And so I came up with a program that would help these folks really bring up their skill level because I felt that it wasn't a question of intelligence with these young people. It was always a question of just skills. And when I said that, it was like, you know, one of the big things that we saw in great students versus poor students was note-taking skills, taking skills where they sat in the classroom, their attention to what, what they should be paying attention to in a classroom. And so I felt like if I could give them that sort of training, and I was utilizing some of the best students that were non-athletes as mentors, basically, for them, and doing kind of this mentoring program and having them take their actual notes and their actual texts and having these great students teach these sometimes poor students how to be better skilled. And so that's what I did till 97, and then I met my wife, and the next thing I know, I am consulting in real estate and with her, and she, she one day just said, you know, you've made everybody better. You've been a performance enhancement specialist. She said, make my business better. And so at the time, I think we were, she was selling around 60 homes a year, and you know, now we're doing, you know, 400 to 500 homes a year is what we sell in the Raleigh area. So that's kind of how, and then it just kind of blossomed from there and just developed a reputation. And the online thing was really interesting, Ron, because I have, I started as a computer science major before I became a psychology major. And in between there, there was a marketing management major that I jumped off of. And I've always been interested in computer environments and online environments and how we communicate in an online world, and I've been fascinated by it. And so there was things called Pegasus Mail, and, and it was an email platform, and I've, I've been extremely interested in DOS, and I taught Apple software when during the old Apple IIe years when it would, we had like WordPerfect and things like that as a word processor. So I was very fascinated by this. And when the Internet came along, I went to a seminar and met a friend of mine now. His name is Michael Russer. And he was known as Mr. Internet. And I was fascinated by some of the things he was talking about. And I started to talk to him a little bit more at the end of these these sessions. And I said to him, I said, you know, there's a whole psychology to this that we're not touching. And... So we started communicating with each other and talking about the psychology of the online world and is it really different 
is that environment different than face-to-face? And how do humans really react in an online world? What do we really do? And of course, early on, it was really email was our communication device. But then as the internet exploded and we had chat rooms and we had instant messengers and then, you know, MySpace, which was really the first of all the social media platforms, created something very different and new. And I became even more fascinated with it and wanted to study how people used it, why they were using it, how they interacted with each other. And that brings us to about 2006 when I went to the United States government and I registered myself as a trademark as the Internet doctor. So I have that R with a circle around it, and that gets us to where we are today and and online environments and why I really look strongly at how people use it, how it can be used for business, how it can be used in a positive way, and not just looking at it from a negative standpoint. And that's the story in a nutshell. That's a great story. That's a great story. So essentially you've been doing this for about 20 years, from 97 to now. Um, What would you say... What would you say are maybe the three or four most revolutionary things that have come along in the online environment during that time? Well, I think the business environment of the Internet, nobody suspected. And this is a true story. I'm going to tell you this true story. So I am in my wife's office, and I am learning everything I can about how to write my own website. This is is the time when HTML code, you could – you could write your own websites. And I was teaching myself how to do that. And so I'm in there and I'm manipulating colors and tables and data and how to put it all together. And I'm, I'm writing this website. And this real estate person who was just down the office from my wife comes in the door and says, you know, you're wasting your time. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, no one is ever going to buy a house through the internet, ever. <laughs> and I said, I said, you know what, I, I think you're wrong. I said, as a matter of fact, I think people will buy houses through the internet. Well, I finished the site. It wasn't a year. It wasn't even nine months. I put it up. A young man who was overseas serving our country, thankfully, in another foreign land, we had posted pictures. We were one of the early people to post multiple pictures of our listings on our website. And this young man saw this particular house. It was in the price range he wanted. He couldn't come, but he arranged for funds, sight unseen, and purchased the house through our website. (laughs) And I happened to see this real estate lady a year later. And I saw her in a bookstore, and I said, Hey, how are you doing? And she said, I'm no longer in real estate. I said, really? I said, well, I said well, well, what happened? She goes, this internet thing is killing me on when it comes to real estate. I think that was the most powerful thing I'd seen. That I, I realized that that was the number one, that we have a medium here that was changing the way we were going to do business. And so I think that was, that was the number one thing. And then I think the number two thing was instant messaging came along because instant messaging allowed us to communicate with people we would we never met face to face and we were doing it in real time. And so we were 
we were able to actually have something instant happen. And then, you know, Ron, if you think about it, if we put instant messaging together with the Internet website, well, it was inevitable we were going to get social media. So here we have an online environment where we have immediate interaction and conversation. And it was such an evolution, and it was really cool to watch it happen. And I could feel it. I, I, I could feel this thing coming along as it was happening. And I remember uh, Tamara Weinberg, who wrote, a, who included me in a book that she wrote before I wrote mine called The New Community Rules. And we had many, many lengthy discussions about how the, this online world is really creating a new set of rules for business. And you're either going to get on it or you're going to be out of business if you don't. Because it's going to be very difficult for you to stay competitive if you're not part of an online world. And I think that just intrigued me so much that I think those were the... I think those were the things that really blew me away about the online world and, and fell in love, and I've fallen in love with it. I really have. I've fallen in love with it because it's, it's just a cool space, in my opinion. That's true. Well, you know, you evolved from that 1997, and, and can you take us a little bit more current about what are the, some of the, the things that you have been involved in, say, in the last five or ten years of that 20-year yeah. journey? Yeah. Yeah, so I've expanded myself a little bit. I, I, I have done some, I've been doing some consulting with other companies and businesses and doing some management consulting, and, and I do some marketing consulting where people want me to come in and take a look at their marketing and if it's working and if they're really connecting to their consumer. And, of course, I wrote a book, which has just been fabulous, Dot Social Mediology, and it's been great because it's, you know, Barnes and Noble has been great to me, and Chapters bookstores in Canada have been completely outstanding. And of course, Amazon, and it's available in Audible, and you can hear my golden tones read read my book to you if you like that. And it's available in all the formats. And so it was a lot of research of how we. I wanted people to understand social media, and I didn't want to do it in an academic way. I wanted people to understand it as if. We were sitting down together over our favorite beverage and some meat and some cheese, and I was just teaching you psychology, social media, and business and how they interact. And that's been really, really, really exciting. And, and then having the opportunity to consult companies here and there and come in and do some management consulting or some leadership consulting, very similar to what you do. And mm-hmm. that's, been very, very, that's been very, very rewarding because I love working with that small to medium-sized company or that individual, if it's in a corporate situation, and being able to take a look at them and find out where they're weakest, find out where they're strongest, and be able to shore up the weaknesses and utilize their strengths to their, their highest potential. And it's really cool, and I, and I really love that. And I think it's it's a purpose it gives me purpose and uh, you know it also lets me know that i'm doing what i'm probably called to do and so um i I love that piece of it but i love speaking to groups and i love doing radio and tv that's really a, a a huge love for me is doing what i'm doing right now with you so that's fun too excellent i've got about two minutes left before our first break i just want to 
you know, everybody, everybody gets the idea of writing a book and they all, you know, including me and we think, well, we need, we need to have a book. So what, you know, where did you get the idea to go there? And I got, like I say, two minutes left. Where did you get the idea to say, I need to write a book? Yeah, this is really simple. It's a really simple answer. I talk about like everybody, I want to write a book. I was adjunct teaching at a private college and was making very little money doing it. And my wife comes to me and says, you need to quit your job and just write this book. (laughs) (laughs) And so when your wife tells you, quit your job and write this book, there's something, there's something really motivating about that. And that's what I did. And I, I wrote, I said, okay, then I'm going to write it. If my wife says to me, and it's been that way for 20 years, if my wife tells me, you can do this and it's going to be great, uh, I can do it. And because she can make me run through brick walls. If she says I can, I can do it. And that's really the true story about getting the book off the ground. It was her encouragement and her push for me to do that. And it's awesome. That is awesome. Okay, we're approaching our first commercial break. When we return, Jay and I will continue with talking about social media. I've got a few questions that I want to just kind of break social media down just a little bit further. So stay tuned. We will be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Network. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, a designed alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness, waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. 
We're with Jay Izzo, the Internet Doctor, and author of the book, Got Social Mediology. Uh, I want to ask, going back to your bio, Jay, I, I noticed a couple of things. You have several terms to describe yourself. And as we talked in the first segment, there's a lot of different things you do besides writing the book, doing your consulting. Um, so I'm going to ask you to find a couple of these these things that you sort of call yourself. Let's start with social mediologist. Can you describe that for me? Yeah, so I created the term social mediology. And what that is, ology, of course, Latin study of. So it's the study of social media from the psychological perspective of the user and the social, psychological, and cultural aspect of each platform, social media platform, that is. So I am really an analyst and a pro- social media profiler. I look at people's profiles. I look at business profiles and how they may be interacting or not interacting with consumers. I am, I am constantly at odds with social media marketers when they use the word engagement because depending on which social media marketer you ask, engagement means something completely different. And I want them to really hone in on the behaviors that we need in order to be successful in social media. So that's what a social mediologist does. He kind of argues okay. with marketers and tries to enhance business through social media. Cool. All right, how about psychological business consultant? Yeah, that, I, I love that one. So there is actually, <laughs> believe it or not, there is, a psycho, there is a psychological consulting group in the world it's, okay. uh, it's a society, actually. It's part of the American Psychological Association. And mm-hmm. I am a psychological business consultant because I really focus on different aspects of the business. It probably sounds very much like any other cons- business consultant, except that I'm really looking at everything from the communication internally to the communication externally, meaning... How is the business communicating with the consumer? Are you what you say you are? I am looking at the systems that you have in place that affect positively or negatively the flow of information that happens or does not happen, which is quite common. I also look at personnel issues. So I look at styles of communication, how people like to be communicated to. I look at people's strengths and weaknesses. I will recommend sometimes people be fired because they're just in the wrong position. I really take a look at a lot of the different aspects of psychology, which is 90% of business when we really think about it, because at the heart of everything, there is a set of habits and behaviors and thought processes and emotions that affect a business. And so... I really hone in on those particular things. And in the very end, what happens is you're more profitable, and that which is the ultimate goal for what I do. Okay, very good. Finally, you call yourself a motivator for business. Now, tell yeah. me how you go about motivating businesses. Well, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting question, isn't it, when we talk about motivating? Yes. Everybody has a different trigger that motivates them. I mean, what motivates you may not be the same thing that motivates someone else. And I'm generally very good at being able in a fairly short time to find out what really motivates you. 
And, you know, leadership, the best leaders, I, I did some research on leadership, and the best leaders do three things, right? They empower others, they inspire others, and they influence others. And if you think about really, really good leaders, that that's, those are three things that they generally do really, really well. And so when I am in a situation to motivate, I'm really leading, ultimately. And I'm trying to influence and inspire and empower the person I am with to do something more. And that's going to take me to really dig deep into who you are and what motivates you to get you to meet your full potential. And not only meet your full potential, but be able to do that within the context and environment of the business itself. Whether you are the person answering the phone or you're the CEO of the company. Because we all can improve. I'm, I'm the first one to admit, I am not there. I am on this journey trying to get there like everybody else. And so my motivations from day to day aren't necessarily all the same. So I look for those things as I develop the relationship, look for the different motivators as I develop the relationship with who I'm working with and be able to stay on top of that to keep them inspired and influence them in the right direction so that they're empowered to do the best that they can do. Very good. Thank you. Good explanation. Thanks. Now, Jane, your website, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here now. On your website, you list a number of questions and ask readers if they have ever asked themselves these questions. Then you make the statement that if we have asked ourselves any of these questions, then we need help. And, And to be perfectly honest, I think just about everyone asks themselves at least some of these questions. Sure. So then, sure. then you ask us. Then you ask us to help you diagnose the problem, prescribe solutions, and train us how to use confusing technology and techniques to make our business grow. Now, that's an interesting choice of words. Talk, talk about confusing for a minute. Well, confusion. You know what? Let's talk about the word confusion. Okay. Right. Confusion just means I don't I don't understand or I don't want to understand or I'm unwilling to understand or I or sometimes we'll even say I can't understand and when we have these new emerging technologies they sometimes just don't make sense and it seems really quite confusing and I get that and the reason I wrote it that way was because all the time it seemed that whenever I was speaking somewhere whether it was Canada or the United States didn't matter which country I was in in North America, I would get the same statement. I am so confused by Facebook. I'm confused by search engine optimization. I'm confused by what Google really does. I'm confused as to how this is going to benefit my business. I am confused as to whether I need to be on all of these things. And I heard that word over and over and over and over again. And I thought, well, if people are going to use that word, <laughs> then I need to use the word back because clearly yeah. it's a word that just has shown up so frequently. And so that was the reason why I chose the word is because I heard it so often from people asking me yeah. to clarify those issues. And I like the word confusion because it doesn't confusion doesn't mean that you're not smart enough. It means that you just don't have enough information, Right. Yes. Because confusion is a fog. And 
so if I can get a big enough fan, I can blow away the fog so that it clears things up for you. And that's, that's what I do is I help bring clarity to a situation. That's, that's part of it. That's part of my consulting. That's part of when I speak. It's part of how I write is to bring clarity. And, and clarity comes from two things. One is understanding, understanding what the thing is and then understanding how you can use it best to benefit whatever your needs are in terms of that thing. So I, I kind of like the word confusion at, the more I kind of thought about it. It's a, it's a great word. I mean, now that you now that you describe it like that, I'm like, I'm, there's a lot of things I'm confused about when it comes to, you know, <laughs> social marketing and the internet and Facebook and, and, and Twitter and you know, all those things. It's like, it's, sure. you know, it's just, it's just a confusing mass of information. And how do you kind of, how do you kind of, you know, push away all the stuff that really is immaterial and just focus on the stuff that really will benefit you. That's, I right. guess that's the, like you say, clear away the fog. Because there's a lot of fog. Yeah. So. There is. And a lot of misinformation. And that creates confusion. True. There's a ton of misinformation out there that makes things more confusing. I, I, and there's so many voices, Ron, that are out there talking about these things. And I really want to bring reality and truth, if I can, to the people I work with and the people I talk to, the groups that I speak to, is to really just bring a sense of clarity and reality and simplicity to it because we want to make things so stinking complicated and we get so academic. I am so tired of the academic part of it. We're just not, that's not who we really are. And I really want to bring a sense of authenticity and clarity to folks and simplify their lives down just a little bit because you can and and it just makes your work and your home life so much better. Exactly. Well, you you, you made you brought to the back of my mind a, a saying that I, I like or a term that I like to use that I've heard in the past, and that is, you know, educators take the things that are simple and make them complex, while <laughs> consultants take those things that are complex and break them down and make them simple. And and, yeah. and the more simple you can make it the better it is for everybody to understand and utilize. Yeah, so. it, it, well, I mean, you do this work, Ron. I know that you do some consulting and, and do this thing. And, you know, the, the truth is the smartest people that I ever have worked with have not necessarily had the most degrees yeah. behind them. And they have just been incredibly practical. And I think... One of the things that I try to bring is a sense of application and practical, you know, a practical nature to everything that I do. Because if it's not practical, there's no reason to do it. Because there's a ton of theory out there. We don't we don't need any more theory. No. We just need. I need you to do something. Right. And you, you know what I mean. So I think I think that's I, I think you know you know this well that we have to bring a sense of, of, of practice, you know, this practicality and this authenticity and, you know, to the whole situation whenever we're doing what we do. Exactly. Well, I'm going to follow that up just a little bit. Quite often during this show, since it's coaching for real, um, I conduct a coaching session with my guests to help them develop a 
deeper sense of self-awareness. And that's kind of what you were talking about, that blowing away the fog is all about self-awareness. So the, for the purpose of today's show, I'm going to ask you some of these questions that you have on your website and let you diagnose my problem and prescribe solutions for me. So kind of get a feel for how you work with your clients. So sure. Um, now the first question I ask myself about every day is because I'm nowhere near where I want to be with my business. And that question is, and this is on your one of the list of questions that you've got. Sure. How do I increase? How can I increase my business? You know, Ron, I write that question because it's a question that begs more questions. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not an answer in of itself. It's a question that begs questions. So, let's get real clear. First of all, first of all, Ron, which business are we talking about? Because I know you've got your hands in a lot of business. So, why don't we pick a business first that that you want me to focus on with you? Let's focus on uh, coaching. Coaching business. Coaching. And so, Ron, when we talk about increasing business, when we talk about increasing your business, there's a couple ways we can look at this. We can say, I want to have more clients, or we can look at it by saying, do I want to be more profitable? And those aren't necessarily both the same answer to the same question. So let me ask you this question. Do you want to increase the amount of business that you have, or do you want to be more profitable? My answer is kind of a combination of the two. I want to, I want to increase the number of paid coaching clients that I have. There we go. Okay. So, so the the reason I ask that is because, as you know and well know, when it comes to being profitable, right? There's two ways to become profitable: we either reduce expenses or we increase revenue. And if we can do both at the same time, then we're at peak of profitability. At that okay. point. So. Okay. Let's just say that your expenses, I'm just going to assume that you're, you've got your expenses pretty much under control. There's probably, if we were to sort through them and we were to take out your P&Ls and we were to look at them together, I bet we could probably come up with a few places we could save a few dollars. But let's focus on, I want to increase the number of paid coaching clients that I have. So the first thing I would ask you is, what are the demographics and the psychographics of your current clients, paid clients? Current paid clients, I primarily focus in two um, niches. One is uh, manufacturing, manufacturing leaders, um, and the others are human resource professionals. But but my number one focus is on individuals in the manufacturing environment um, that are in leadership positions and responsible for people, processes, and product. Okay, and demographically, what do they look like in terms of average income? education, et cetera? Average income is probably in the low six figures. Um, education, most of them probably have college degrees in some sort of engineering or technology, but but sometimes you find people in leadership and manufacturing that actually you know, work their way up from the bottom up. Um, and and in, in some cases, some people are put in positions just because they're the best worker, so they're put into a leadership position, which doesn't necessarily make them leaders, as you know. But... Um, so that's, you know, like I say, most of them have the education to be able to go into that position, and they're probably in the, like I say, the low six-figure income. So what is unique about the clients that you have, that the paid clients that you have, what is unique about that particular group? Is there some demographic commonality that they have that may be different than the larger group? So. We have the larger group of manufacturing engineers, and then we have Ron's group, the ones that he's 
been able to land. What is unique about, as you look at them demographically or even psychographically, and I'll explain that in a second, maybe after the break, what is unique about your current clients that you've been most successful with? I would say they are, they are challenged. I think the ones that are unique might be they're challenged with high productivity. In the manufacturing environment, it's, it's, you know, productivity kind of rules. So how do you get high productivity and keep that productivity up and still improve, um, improve the, the processes and the process flow? And I think the psychology of working with, with uh, an industry that does have somewhat of a high turnover in the hourly workforce. So I'd say those are probably... And we're getting close to our break time. Those are probably some of the demographics there. We've got about one minute left. So Okay, so so we'll when we come back from the break, I think what we'll do is I'm gonna talk about the psychographic piece because that psychographic piece is a little bit unique. And we're I want you to think about what's what their emotional states are. I want you to think about psychologically where they um where they uh what are the things that they need to know and learn. What, and what type of things would make them say, wow, when it comes to your business? And that's, that's where we'll start with the psychographics. Great. Okay, thank you. We're approaching our last commercial break. When we return, we'll get the psychographics, and we'll be digging more into my, my challenges in my business. And um, we'll be listening to Jay as he uh, works with me. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Network. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is Coaching, a design alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness. Waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Hello and welcome back. We're with Jay Izzo, 
the internet doctor, and he is actually prescribing or at least diagnosing my uh, my condition, and hopefully will be prescribing some things for me. Um, what we're getting into, what we sort of just left off with at the last break, was you know the psychology of my client base and how to, how I'm doing my marketing. So I'm going to just turn it over to Jay and let him uh, continue with his uh, his analysis. Yeah. So let's talk about. Let's talk about, and, and psychographics, by the way, for the listeners who are out there right now, I use the word psychographics because you have the demographics, which we're all pretty much aware of, education, income, family status, you know, married, single, all those sorts of demographic pieces of information that we try to get in order to understand the client. But then we have a psychographic piece. And the psychographic piece is important because we want to know of Ron's current client base or even his past, if he was to look at that whole group of people that he's successfully worked with or that he's been able to bring in, we want to know what are their emotional states? Because we all buy on emotion. Everything that we buy, it has some sort of emotional component attached. And I was challenged one time, Ron, when somebody said, well, toilet paper is not emotional. And I said, oh, yes, it is. And I said, we've all experienced it. Have you ever been into a bathroom and there's been no toilet paper? <laughs> Trust me, it's an emotional experience. Definitely. And so you're, gonna, you're not going to want to be without it. And <laughs> no. so it's so true, right? So mm-hmm. in business, when it, especially you know, like for you, you're doing this coaching and you want more paid coaching clients. What, I'm trying to get at what's their emotion that caused them to say, I've got to call Ron on the phone. So I'm, I would like you to kind of describe for me a couple things. One, what is the, when you look at all the clients you've ever worked in your past, what has been their emotional state when they've come to you? I like that word we talked about in segment two, confused and confusing, confusion. Um, in, in, what, in what way? Um, I'd say in, in, several ways. One, you know, what do they want with their future in a way? Because, you know, there's a few people I've worked with that were like career changes. So they're in between careers or they're, they're moving into a, from one position to another position. So they have, you know, they have some uncertainty there. Um, there are some of the people who are in positions where they've been, been for a number of years, but, but I think, you know, just going along with business as usual and continue to do what they're doing is, is kind of is kind of not where they want to be. They want, they want, you know, most of the people who would either come to me or if I would reach out to and they would respond to me would be those that want to move forward and not satisfied with the current state of affairs. Um, what they're doing, how much impact they're having, um, you know, all those kinds of things where they have a desire to move forward and move upward okay. in a way. Okay, that, that's huge. And you need to write that down because... You, what, you're, what you've just described for me is you're describing for me now a piece of them that says, I want something more, and it's, I'm, I'm experiencing some pain where I'm at. Because one of the things that we do, right, one of the biggest motivators is what we call negative reinforcement, and that's getting rid of pain so that we can get to go do something else. And so, the, so we, try to, we try to escape pain. I think it's so extremely important, Ron, that whenever you are doing any sort of marketing and advertising that you are pointing out to them 
that you understand the emotional pain of not getting to where they want to be, but that you're that answer. Okay. I think that's incredibly yeah. important for you uh, to utilize that in, in your marketing and advertising material because I think they need to, you need to be able to speak their language to identify their pain and, and then okay. get your solution to that. And then I would also say that you sound like you're both a career coach as well as a business management coach. Is that safe? That's safe, yes. I, you know, the, the coach, you know, I live in the process, the coaching process. So, the, the right. you know, so I, you know, I'm only as good as the process makes me. So, yes, I, I can work with people in different stages of their career. Yes, okay. because, um, I mean, they, you know, challenges are challenges. So I can, I can help them overcome challenges. All right. Well, let me ask you this question about this uh, psycho- psychologically about this group of people that you've worked with in your past. What, what is it that you could provide them that would make them say, wow, put, your, put yourself in their shoes, right? We call it pure, accurate empathy, right? Mm-hmm. You got to put yourself in their shoes. What is it that as part of this whole process, what would make them say, wow? Well, I'll tell you what has made them some say, wow, in this process. And that is, you know, when they say to me, I never thought of that before. That is a great idea. I didn't give them that idea. They came up with that idea because in the coaching process, you know, it's their awareness. It, you know, the answers to their solutions are found inside of them in their greatness and in their in their uh, masterpiece. But, but it's not me bringing them the answers. It's them discovering the answers for themselves and saying, you know, and that's that's when they get the wow moment. I never thought of it that way. Well, I didn't tell them to think of it that way. I just helped them find it. And that's well, again, that's that's the wow right. moment. Yeah, so that's that's your influence and empower piece, right? And exactly, then they yes. get inspired. They get inspired by their own. Uh, yeah. uh, they come to that. Freud used to call it the come to come to light, right? You say they they come to light with their own answers is the whole point. But the truth is, you guide them. I think one of the things I would do though, in terms of a marketing standpoint, is I would really, really start to think about how you can phrase something, how you can put it together that will be a wow moment. Because one of the things that we want now today as humans, more so than anything, is we expect great customer service. So we don't care about customer service. We want a customer experience. And so anytime that you could take your business and turn it into an experience for them, I think, that you can describe that in a way in those engineering terms that can make them say, wow, I think that will be extraordinarily beneficial to, to you and your marketing. Because I think one of the things that probably is less difficult is identifying where these people are at. It is more so getting these people to jump on board to mm-hmm. what you do. Because I'm, it's not hard to find manufacturing companies. I mean, we can we can do that all day long. It, we have right. this thing called Google, that's amazing. Yes, exactly. We can find manufacturing <laughs> companies all over the place. And you know, and and I don't know where you're at with your social media, but one of the things I will say to you is, um, LinkedIn can be an extraordinarily great place. 
And one of the things I would recommend to you to do is I would join these manufacturing engineering slash groups just to see what they're talking about. Because there is there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of groups in LinkedIn. And one of the things I always tell people is don't just go into groups of people that you know. Select groups where you could be the superhero. So I would find groups where these manufacturers are at and see what they're talking about. And then I would start trying to develop my whole marketing around those questions that they're asking, those, those type of things that they're looking at, the, the, the things that they're trying to define or the things that they're confused. And you probably know those things, but it, being part of that discussion will certainly put you, give you more credibility and authority. And I think that is really, really mm-hmm. important. I think the other thing here is, and I looked at your website, so I'm just going to be really honest. And I'm assuming that you're using the Ronald Graves um, website that I saw. That's what, is that correct? That's um, the website based the, pretty much on this show. And I have another website for the Poema um, the John Maxwell Leadership Institute. Institute. Maxwell. And the Poema Leadership Institute. I have a website for that as well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think... I think there's certainly some I think there's certainly some issues there but I think one of the things is that if we rely too heavily on the web piece mm-hmm. that there's probably some SEO things you can do but I don't think people are searching that way. I, I think when people are really at a loss I think when they're really looking to make a decision to move on when we start to see that I think what we're looking at is we're looking at people who are searching and when people are searching they're searching for an answer and and I think you have to be more in tune with answering being able to predict the questions that they're searching for and I think that needs to be part of whatever you write so like if you do a LinkedIn blog which I highly recommend that you do if you um, because it's so powerful it's going to be more powerful than your own blog trust me and then, uh, and then answering those questions up front to that group, and then connecting with those folks. And then I will tell you something else, Ron, that I really think would probably benefit you outside of LinkedIn is, and it, this is going to sound so crazy and outside the box, but I, I love doing it. You know, there's, there's, we are now at about 2 billion people worldwide that use Facebook. Uh, I know that you may use it for your family or if you use it at all, but I'm going to tell you, start developing personal relationships with some of these folks on a personal level because what I've learned through Facebook and what I've learned through when I wrote this book was when you utilize and make personal relationships and you're authentic in those relationships, and we can do this online as well as face-to-face, it is amazing how quickly they are to recommend you to those people who are like themselves when you reach out to them. Right. And uh, I really think not spending any money, but just literally working on developing personal relationships on a personal level because there is no such thing as B2B. It, that is a misnomer. There is no business that just does business 
with another business. At the end of the day, it's all P2P, person to person. And we do, we make the same decisions whether we're in a B2B or B2C environment because it's P2P. And that is, are you likable? And do I have any sense of feeling that I can trust you? Great. Because, uh, because we don't give money to people we don't know. Well, okay. we don't give money to people we don't trust. We don't trust people yeah. we don't like, and we don't like people we don't know. And one of the things I do find in is that we lack is that we're not trying to build a personal relationship. We're just trying to build business relationships. And the more we try to build personal relationships, the easier it is for us to become likable and trusted in our profession because we can move from the personal to the professional in that way. So I, I, I would strongly suggest that. I hope you have a Facebook page. I, I do. You should. And a business Facebook you, page as well. Yeah, a Facebook so, yes. business page. I hope you do. And then, you know, you need to pull over some of the information. I noticed on your LinkedIn page you've written a couple articles. Hopefully you're crossing over into your Facebook piece um, that people can see those articles that you okay. copy the link and then put them in on your, face, on your Facebook business page. And then I would really look at doing some really old-fashioned guerrilla um, email marketing. I think that the one thing about engineers in that group psychologically is they still email. They still read email. And I would do some old-fashioned drip email marketing that speaks directly to what they, where they're at right now and that you have, you have solutions to their problems. So I would certainly look at that from a marketing standpoint Great. as well. Excellent. Well, excellent answers. Great advice. And now we're down to one minute left in the show. So um, mm-hmm. I could do this for another hour, actually, and, and get a lot more information. But it's been a sincere pleasure having you as our guest on Coaching Memorial. How can our listeners contact you or get more information on your services and obtain a copy of sure. Got Social Mediology? Yeah, sure. So Social Mediology is available Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, iBooks, Audible, your favorite bookstore. If it's not on the shelf, just to ask for it. They'll get it for you. Um, also, you can find me at the Internet at Internet Doctor. Literally, if you see the R with a circle around it, I'm the only registered trademark in the United States and the world, for as far as I know. So look up the Internet Doctor, and you can find me on every social media platform. And certainly go to socialmediology.com, and you can find me there as well. Thank you very much, Jay. I appreciate that. Thank it's been you, a sincere Ron. pleasure. I appreciate you. Dad value. Great. Dad value to all you through Coaching for Real. Thank you for being here tonight. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Till we meet again, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Coaching for Real today. Be sure to join Ronald Graves again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again very soon.